adequate justice in an hour, so I'm going to try to narrow it down. And I also want to say that we do have a website. I have some cards in the back. That's about the only thing besides my name is the website that's actually accurate on the card, but you can find me anyway. And it's www.conradbars.com, and that's for you and for anybody that's listening. And I will say this too, my father was from the Netherlands, so he had a quite a, a strong accent. And when we were teenagers, we, would, we got into being interested in psychology, and so we'd ask him things. And he had written a number of books, which I'll probably mention in a little bit. And so we'd ask him, well, what about this, Dad? And he would always say, and I'm saying this to you in the same way, he would always say to us, read my book. So I'm going to recommend that you read his books and listen to our tapes. But I want to lay some background for my talk. And I want to describe to you, first of all, how this work in psychology came about. First of all, and I should probably, I just, a show of hands, is anybody familiar with Conrad Bars and Anna Tarua? Good. Well, just a few of you, but okay, good. Essentially, Anna Tarua was a young Catholic psychiatrist. She just died this year at the age of 92, but she was a young Catholic psychiatrist in the 30s and 40s. And she heard a groundbreaking talk by a redemptorist priest in the Netherlands by the name of Father William Deinstey. And Father Deinstey talked about Thomistic psychology, that is the psychology of St. Thomas Aquinas, and how it could be applied in dealing with repression, which is a modern psychological discovery that wasn't really known before Freud. That's actually one of the things that we might say Freud did well, that he, he discovered this problem. But when she heard this talk, I think it was probably in the late 30s or early 40s, it was really groundbreaking for her because she had had difficulty dealing with people who had obsessive compulsive disorder, scrupulosity, and especially dealing with certain things from the aspect of Catholic moral teaching. And so on listening to this, she was able to utilize what he had said in his talk. And she was mentored by Father Deinstey to the point that she had a lot of success in dealing with Catholics, religious, as well as laity in these areas and being successful in dealing with these problems. Now, she also, oh, in the next few years, say she, I think she was probably using this therapy very successfully for probably about 10 years. And she came to one day, she had been working with a woman who was very, very brilliant. I think she was about 25. She had a PhD in physics or something like that. And she hadn't been able to seem to get anywhere with this woman using this kind of therapy. And so one day, about six months into it, the woman finally turned to her and said, Dr. Tarua, Nothing you have said has had any effect upon me. I have been sitting here waiting for you to take me to your heart. And so what happened was Dr. Trua began to see that maybe not all neurotic problems were caused by this mechanism of repression. Maybe there was another way that a person could have have a neurotic problem. And neurosis simply means, it's, it's a label that we avoid nowadays, but it simply means there's some kind of a problem or disorder within the emotional life. But she looked at this as maybe there's a different kind of neurotic problem, which doesn't have anything to do with repression. It only has to do with 
the deprivation of being loved unconditionally. She began to see that there was actually a syndrome that could be attributed to this lack. And a syndrome is what we in the field is essentially will define it as it's a it's a grouping of symptoms. So say for example, if someone goes to a psychiatrist or a therapist and they outline certain symptoms for, say, being depressed. In order to be diagnosed as that, you have to have five of nine symptoms over the course of two weeks, and you have to have them every day. So that is the type of thing that a person looks for. There are also symptoms with what she called, what Dr. Truett called, deprivation neurosis, which we can say make up that, that could person meets the criteria for that, and I am now calling that emotional deprivation disorder because I want people in the field nowadays more to come to accept it and come to...